And we are back 43 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy Coffee time. A pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center. You have brought in some autumn color. Well, and I mean, it feels like autumn, so why not? Yeah, autumn is here, right? Yeah. It's the first day, correct? That's what the calendar says. That's the first day, and uh, it feels like uh, it feels like hell out there, to be honest with you. I mean, it's rough. It is really rough, and uh, I, I got to say, uh, I'm going to go on record as saying that this festival is the hottest festival on record. Now, it may not be the fact, but it, I, I don't think I'm wrong on this one. It's, uh, you know, it, usually temperatures fairly consistently mid-September, they start to fall, and this is also maybe, you know, a few days earlier sometimes, the festival doesn't start to maybe the 26th. Right, so it's starting, you know, the twenty second. Um, but 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 I agree with the mayor. We've had some we've had some hot ones. I yeah. mean, you know, I, over the years we've had some. But I'm just telling you, midnight is unheard of. I've never seen that. Uh, I've seen some warm ones, and you know, and and I've seen some mild temperature ones, but I've never seen this. Yeah, and let's let's hope for the gumbo cook off. That's one oh. where you really hope for some cooler weather because you're eating a hot meal. Yeah, that's just maybe a, a 15 degrees less would be. Yeah. Ideal. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure uh mid 70s would be they they would do uh, cartwheels for that. Mm-hmm. For sure. It would be nice. Very good, but um uh, did you want to so, dive well, into what you got? Well, there? we're going to we're going to force uh fall to come in. Uh, so I, I did bring in a little bit color that we brought in. Uh People are really getting anxious, Jeff, and, and the truth of the matter is, you know, whether we'd be in the mid-90s or in the upper 80s, it's still too hot for certain things. And we've kind of mentioned, you know, pansies and snaps, and those are two that just won't tolerate it at all. And so you could say, well, next week we're going to get into a mid to upper 80s, which is a start. But the problem is, especially if you're doing big beds, let's say, a, a, in the ground, even if the temperatures would, you know, let's say get into the lower 80s and it looks great and you plant and you, all of a sudden you're at 87, you get a little rain and stuff just melts, you know. And so you kind of kind of be patient with, with certain stuff. But a few things you can start. I, I guess the, the, the thing to note about what I'm fixing to talk about is that uh, a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are warm season plants that people will utilize as, as uh, temporary color in the fall and uh, even though they won't last all winter. And just the one here I'm showing is marigolds. Well, everybody knows you, that's a spring plant. You plant the marigolds in the spring. They grow all summer long. But it's a great fall plant. And the big reason is, you know, fall is, is a lot of the colors, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, of course, marigolds. Our, are, our leaves may not turn that color, but that's at least right. you can have that. Exactly. So this is kind of orange and yellow. And so marigolds are a very popular uh, seasonal plant, you know. Uh, you know, mums are, are, are very popular, but a lot of people don't like mums. You know, they just uh, either it's a uh, they just don't like the looks of mums or remind them reminds of all saints. So, so a lot of people don't like to utilize that. And so, marigolds is a great warm season plant that you utilize in the fall. And generally, like this is the six inch container, so they'll pop these in a container or whatever and give them that fall color, and that will go. And you know, this certainly won't won't head south when temperatures get into the 70s. They'll head south when temperatures start to get into the 40s, which the way it's going, Jeff, they'll probably be when? Um, I'm not February. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe not. Who maybe. knows? Exactly. Who knows? And this is another one called Celosia, Jeff. And uh, isn't that an interesting flower? Yes. And the older people would call these coxcomb. 
because if you think about uh, a chicken, I know you're raising the city, but anyway, the head, the head of a, a chicken. I was thinking it li- did look brainish, brain-like. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. But if you if 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 uh, you've ever seen a mature chicken, it yeah. would have this head on top. And uh, so this is called celosia. The different shapes, uh, shapes of the celosia flower, really interesting. Some are more spiky, tubular shaped, but this one has this weird, different look to will it. Will it just produce that one flower? No, this will sh- actually make side shoots, and if you look really close, you'll see some smaller okay. little flowers coming on. So, again, the color is critical, yeah, you know. Yeah, I like the leaves, too. Yeah, the le- leaves are pretty, but, boy, they, uh, they really... Go for the uh, the color. And actually, Jeff, I was incorrect. This is a marigold. What I was showing you is actually a zinnia. So, uh, but zinnias are another good one that you plant in the spring. But a lot of people will buy them in the fall again because the zinnias has the yellows and, and orange colors and and uh, and and they perform well. The the other big one in the fall is. Uh, this is ornamental peppers, and what I'm showing Jeff here is this really looks like, and I'm kind of intrigued, it really looks like a Tabasco pepper mm. uh, in, in, in many different ways, but it's not because this one has purples, purple leaves on it. But in terms of the shape of the fruit itself, and by the way, a Tabasco pepper is a perfect ornamental pepper because oh, yeah. if you think about it, it's gonna, it starts off green, then it fades to yellow, then it fades to orange, then it fades to red. So at some point, you're going to have four different colors on the same plant. And uh, so that's a great one. You just won't let the grandkids touch that because it'll be really rough. But this is an ornamental pepper. It looks like Tabasco. The biggest difference is that it has a purple coloration to it, but it also has the oranges and the yellows and the reds and the same shape. It's really a neat little little plant. Um, and they're not poisonous, but they can be very hot. And uh, so, you know, if you want to try to use them in cooking, you better kind of figure out how to taste it and see how how temperate they are and before you use too many of them. But, uh, uh, again, this is going to be a short-term deal. It'll last six to eight weeks, uh, give you color. Hopefully, if things work out, if it's in a container, you can actually put it in, they'll go through, uh, through Thanksgiving, which most of these will if the temperatures stay normal. I remember a couple of years ago we had a actually a freeze in, in November, which is very unusual, but we did. And uh, so it, had been a, it might have been an issue, but... Other than that, this would have uh, this would have performed uh, with no problem and go all the way to Thanksgiving, which is really what most people are are trying to get through. Let, let me ask you: When would, if you were to harvest them for eating, when do you do that? You don't let them go till November, do you? Well, that's that's kind of the hook. Okay, so ba- basically, what you're looking at here is uh, we're looking at a a uh, a, a hot or a pepper plant that has all these different colors on it okay so really usually when they harvest it they're going to harvest it like this one i would venture to say you're going to harvest these when they're yellow looks like they come out when they're yellow and so that's when you would harvest it the longer they go the more mature they are and the hotter they're going to be and um uh you know usually when you use a pepper it's it's really at a not an immature stage but certainly not at a ripe stage when you buy a cayenne pepper, you're gonna you you purchase it green as opposed to yellow or red, and so. But if they left that cayenne pepper on the vine long enough, it will turn yellow and red, making it more hotter. I was gonna say when you see ground cayenne pepper, it's usually red, so that means they've let it go. Let it to, go for it, that purpose. It, it, exactly, yeah. and so it, it kind of depends on what you're using it for. But but like this one, you would normally, if you're gonna use it for cooking, you would use it at the at the yellow stage. 
but you could use any of it, but it would be much hotter as 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 it, it went along. Buddy of and, mine drier, grow, and drier. Yeah, buddy of mine grows cayenne peppers and does create cayenne pepper dust. Uh, uh, um, um, mash, maybe. Yeah. Mash. And um, he gifted some peppers to a friend, a big bag of peppers, and we got a few of them as well. And some are green, but some are red. So the red are going to be a little hotter. A little, little hotter. But, and but just because they're still green doesn't mean they can't be eaten. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. And it, the, the, they're, the, they're, they're about this long and about this wide, maybe just a little wider than those at that's the base. Right. And, the, and the green ones are going to be a little bit more moist. In other words, you know, generally, and I don't know if your friend, you know, plants enough, that he might save his own seed. And usually what you do there is you keep harvesting, harvesting, harvesting. And when you get toward the end, you let them stay on and dry up because it's important for regermination that that seed gets all the moisture out. So you pretty much let them turn red and dry up on the vine. Then you, then you harvest them, you dry them again. But that's kind of what they do. Whereas if you try to do that early, and you could, if you try to do it early, it slows production down, meaning that if you let, the, if you let a, a young plant the the uh, the peppers and that's true with anything stay on the on the plant long early on it's going to reduce uh reproduction because they're using all that energy to make that make that pod become more mature and dry up but anyway so but that's kind of what this is this is this is peppers at different stages of maturity and that's why you have a different colorations and they spiky we'll get round ones and and different shapes and colors and so but you know fall is for harvest and and so you see a lot of peppers and hay and stuff like that and then you see a lot of uh of of, of leaf color also yeah good looking plant yeah and so you know Basically, the, the big one that we are getting in now is this is I'm showing Jeff is a petunia. And the reason we get those in early as opposed to the snaps and the pansies and the calendulas is that the, those last three I just mentioned cannot take the heat at all. And whereas the petunia can tolerate it. However, you know, we tell people, you know, if you're planting a bunch, a big bed of petunias, it's best to wait because, because it, we are vulnerable to maybe a combination of wet and heat. And that's deadly for any of this stuff, whereas in a container, generally it drains out pretty good, or at minimum, you're just planting a few, so the, you know, the risk-reward risk is okay. You know, if you have to get some extreme temperatures, a lot of rain, maybe they'll melt on you, but you're not planting that many. And uh, so just be careful early. You know, crotons are the other big one, and we'll talk a little bit more about those as time goes on, but, you know, you know the, the, the big things is crotons, mums, and hay are your three basic ones for the fall, and then you scatter that with some uh, different uh, seasonal color. So everybody just got to hang in there. It's kind of normal this time of year, Jeff, uh, except sometimes, it, like, like we talked earlier, those temperatures drop a little bit, so people get anxious, and so we have to bring in color at that point. And we just warn people, say, look, if you plant a lot, it's best to wait, whereas this year we're not bringing it in because it, it just won't make it. Gotcha. All right, switch a little bit to uh, 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 vegetables, Jeff. Now, one thing that people do like to get an early start in is vegetables, and you can do it. You just got to keep them wet. Don't let them dry out. And, uh, and, 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 and the main reason is some people want to make sure they're harvesting before Thanksgiving or at Thanksgiving, and so you got you to time this uh, you know, really important to do that. And I just bought these two seeds. We've talked about this in the past, but basically – if you look at those seeds, Jeff, and look at that, I'm sure I threw Jeff two packs of carrot seeds. And one is carrot seed that is just bare, and one is carrot seed that's encapsulated with 
fertilizer. We talked about yeah, this maybe yeah. a week or two ago. The hardest thing about this type of seed is that the seed is so small that when you put it out, it is just on top of one another. No matter what you do, and people give me all kind of theory, they salt and pepper shaker and do that, and, and that's fine. <laughs> but it's very, very difficult to do. Whereas with these little prills, that's basically the seed is encapsulated. We're talking about a, maybe a seed that maybe is an eighth inch in diameter versus a seed that maybe is a quarter of an inch diameter. And you think that's not much. This is probably a, less than an eighth. But uh, it's real fine. But no. these you can actually plant. It's more like a sixteenth to but, an eighth. Exactly. And, and so with the little fertilizer prills on it, one, it helps with, with the germination. But two, it's easy to space mm-hmm. it out. Now, this would not be practical. Years ago, people were planting 30-foot rows of carrots. Well, they're not going to plant this because it costs them too much to do it. But most of the people are backyard gardeners now, and they're going in little raised gardens. And so these little – it's called uh, So Easy, uh, S-O-W. And, uh, and so it's easy to sow them, and you don't have to come back and – which is really the hard way. It's easy to sow them, but they come up too thick. And then, uh, and but you don't have to come in and thin them out, and so that's really a neat. And the little fertilizer part helps you. And people, you know, have talked about how hard it is to get these seeds up. And, and we mentioned in the past, but I mention again because temperatures are so hot that if you planted carrots or beets or something like that, are we talking before or after they emerge? We're talking about before to get them to germinate. Okay. So, so the the reason is, Jeff, you remember I'm saying like this seed is a 16 inch in diameter, and the rule of thumb is you don't plant a seed no more than twice the diameter. So you pretty much plant this seed on top of the ground. Yeah, yeah. You covered it very slightly. So you can imagine, Jeff, you get a a 10 inch rain, and the temperature comes out 95 degrees the next day. That little area is going to dry up that day, even though you got so much rain. It's because it's on top of the ground, basically. So you've got to cover it in, in this situation. You've got to cover it with a towel or something that's going to so- absorb moisture and keep it damp. And that's very true with beets. That's very true with carrots, even turnips and mustard. But turnips and mustard come up pretty easy or much easier uh, in, less, in a shorter period of time as opposed to these. And the other one is parsley is the big one. And that used to be the hardest one to get up because it takes so long to get parsley up and your plant is so shallow. But again, the little, the little um, tile method works really, really good. The only disadvantage is you've got to be careful toward the end of the, uh, uh, the cycle, which basically means usually takes anywhere from 5 to 14 days for them to start germinating. You've got to constantly check it every day to make sure those seeds haven't sprouted because if you wait a day or two or three, to check them and those seeds grow into the towel, then when you pick up your towel, you're pulling up all your seeds. And, <laughs> and other than that, you're in, you're in good shape. Then I, find, then I did well, bring... Before, uh, talking about the carrot seeds, it, kind of the similar size to grass seeds. Uh, to like Bermuda grass, exactly. Yeah, and, but, you know, when we would plant that uh, up north anyway, you know, we'd broadcast it and then kind of rake it in. That's exactly right. Would would you do that with those carrots, well, the finer ones? I, I guess if you had a ultimate amount of space, yes, because then you could broadcast. It's going to take up more space. So if you got a little square foot garden, probably not the best way to go. It would be better just to do it in a row so you'd have more space to put your seeds for other plant material. But, yeah, you could definitely broadcast that seed, rake it, and, 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 and get them to come up. The hard part with the carrot seed is that is is not getting them in clumps 
even with the the uh, even with the uh, the grass seed, it was hard. But you probably had a spreader that was was spreading this out. Well, you're not going to have that with this. And so, uh, if you unlimited in space, you could broadcast it. But uh, most people aren't. They got to do it in a row. Gotcha. And then this I just bought. I talked about it either a couple weeks ago. But this is the Shalot, which is a one one big bulb, maybe uh, an inch an inch wide and uh, two or three inches of diameter, versus an, a multiplying onion. Which you could see, it's multiple onions on this bulb. That's what becomes a blooming onion, right? That becomes a blooming <laughs> onion. That's right. Uh, but this this right here is actually for onion tops, and this is they use the top, but they also cut and cook with the root itself. Mm-hmm. And so, but the Cajuns have been calling these shallots for a hundred years, Jeff. And so. It's a little confusing in today's world because the young people sometimes want this as a shallot because it, it, it truly is mm-hmm. it's what it's called a shallot. But this is a multiplying uh, uh, green onion, uh, which is used for the tops. And just, uh, just to make that distinction. To and, kind of, and when I think of the tubular onions, the green onions, that, that's what you're talking about. That's often cut up, sliced uh, as a garnish or, uh, you know. Or it's for food. cooking, for gumbos yeah. and things like sure. that. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the multiplying uh, onion top, and that's that's it. And, and and the key with that is you are using it for tops, so you want that bulb to multiply. And what I'm showing Jeff here is a clump of bulbs. That you, I might have six or seven little bulbs on there. Well, Jeff, what they're going to do is they're going to divide this clump and just plant one, and then that one's going to make this six or seven or eight bulbs really yeah and uh so you can see how beneficial this is if you're looking for tops you're going to make a lot more tops here multiplying that bulb as opposed to the shallot which really doesn't multiply that much and maybe maybe have two on it so that's the that's the basic difference between a shallot and onion top but they use the shallot they use the bulb it's a milder onion and and so it's using more in cooking but we didn't know it existed uh, I'm telling you, 30, 40 years ago, it just didn't have the cooking shows or it didn't have the availab- availability because there was no demand. They wanted those tops, and that's, <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what to make their rice dressing and, um, and their gumbos am- amongst uh, uh, many other things. Gotcha. Real quickly uh, uh, about the grass, you know, the grass that buttonweed is still out there. My God. If you walk in any yard, you're going to see it, Jeff. It is, has exploded. It's the one, the, the clumping weed with the white flower. And boy, it's there. And uh, so you got a spot spray right now. Hopefully, temperatures will get a little cooler, and then you could overspray. But you want to kind of look for it, even if you know people come in and say, "Yeah, I got it," but my neighbor doesn't. I say, "Did you walk in your neighbor's yard, or are you just looking at it from a distance?" Well, I'm just looking at it from across the street. I said, "Well, go walk in it. You will see it. It's there, and it's uh, it's uh, it, it's growing." Now, this dry weather slows the growth down. Doesn't kill it. It, it doesn't die because of heat. But uh, you, you're going to want to really look at it. And, and you know, uh, a lot of people are trying to want to use weed and feeds, a fertilizer and weed killer. It really, the, 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 the weed and feeds do not attack the type of weeds that we have uh, at this time of year in South Louisiana. Mainly the button weeds, crabgrass, all that. It doesn't attack that. So it's really best to spray for the weeds that are, that are causing the problems right now as opposed to using that combination, which is combination of weed and feed, which is easier. But, you know, so what if it's easy if it doesn't work? And so, uh, uh, and, but if you do want to winterize, which basically means fertilize that lawn so that it kind of builds it up or has it for winter, you can do that. But I would wait another couple of weeks, wait till the end of September, October to do that. Again, same reason, temperatures need to get a little milder. 
and uh, and um, much less uh, you know risk of damaging the lawn, and uh, and that's the main thing you want to watch out for. All right. Anything else before we let you go? Jeff, I think that's it. I hope everybody have a safe uh, uh, Sugarcane Festival, and uh, and hopefully temperatures are somewhat. I know it's not going to be cool, but, man, maybe lower 90s. Huh? Isn't that crazy? Monday. Monday. <laughs> well, that would be a great thing because of that other thing that's, float, that's fixing the flow in the Gulf. I think that's got to help us. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Always a pleasure, Richard. Uh, we'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff.